3: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
4: This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than two hundred thousand Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. It comes with a twenty-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with. Each mattress purchase, get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Hey, Shortcuts is off today, but here is a Canada Land from our archives that I know you are going to enjoy. Uh, back with New Shortcuts next week. There's this one interview that I've asked for again and again and never gotten. It's a major blind spot in this show's continued examination of Canadian media. This guy is a superstar. He is one of the biggest media personalities to ever come from this country. He always replies to my emails. He's always polite. He always says no, and he never says why. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the guy who asks celebrities questions... That get responses like this.
2: This is this is this is one of the most
1: impressive interviews I've ever experienced in my life. This is crazy. You got this record, man.
0: Wow. You fucking man. You are the most annoying human I've ever met. You only have like two more questions until we're done, so you got to make it good. Uh, I didn't get in trouble,
1: but uh, how did you know that?
0: Yes, I was. That's. I, where did where did you hear that?
1: How do you? Wait. What? How do you know that? How do you know that? Did I say this somewhere?
0: Are we falling in love?
5: Oh my god, this is so cool. Where did you get this?
0: Damn, I heard about that since I was 15 or 16. Fuck. You with the fans? I'd just like to say that it's been a legendary experience doing this with 40. Uh, we've both grown up on uh, watching you, so man, it's, it's, it's great.
4: Nardwar. The Human Serviette, a Vancouver broadcaster I first thought of when I was in high school, when I knew him as a minor, much music curiosity, and who I then did not think about at all for decades, until I found out that while I wasn't paying attention, he became a global phenomenon, a beloved figure among the highest levels of the hip-hop community, and an interviewer who has stars running after him for interviews. And this whole time, as he blew up around the world, his stuff being seen by hundreds of millions, he never left his weekly volunteer community radio show in Vancouver. And that's when I first wondered, who is this guy? This irritating, obsessive guy in the plaid golfer's hat, this borderline stalker of celebrities who digs up random personal ephemera from their past, which should just scare them but which instead usually blows their minds. And today, well, today is not the day that he comes on Canada Land and tells me about himself. He still hasn't accepted my interview requests. But that does not stop us from doing our research on him. Because Nardwar is all about doing your research, about digging deep, going back to the very beginning, and talking to everyone you can find who knows anything about your subject. So today, Canada Land's managing editor, Kevin Sexton, has Nardward nardwar. Here is his documentary, An Oral History of Nardwar. Wait for it. This episode is brought to you by Jeff Cassidy, Michaela Wong, Kilashandra Rashid, Austin Campoli, Jim DeWald, Rachel Edgar, Christopher Heineman, and John.
1: My name is John, and I support Canada Land because the news topics are usually
4: new and unfamiliar to me, but the narrative podcasts also entertain me and tell me a story. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand.
2: I don't know what you were expecting me to tell you, but, like, if there's, like, all kinds of insane, drug-fueled rock and roll stories, that's not your guy. But because he comes across as so insane, I think people assume that there's just going to be a million. I mean, the kind of insane stories I have about him is, like, Going to a McDonald's drive-thru and him driving, but refusing to roll down the window when he ordered. Just for no reason. I spent years kind of wondering, well, who is the real Nardwar?
5: So Nardwar is Nardwar. So even when you go to lunch, I call him Nardwar? I forget what his birth name is.
2: People often don't believe that what you see on camera is more or less the real thing but it is. He's a bit of an enigma, right?
6: Nardwar is an acquired taste. You know, the first bite might be a little, what is this? And then a few more bites and you're in. I've never seen anybody who's kind of taken something that is so conventional as a celebrity interview or a musician journalist doing interviews and gotten such unique results and, and you know, almost like a performance out of it.
4: I think most media is bullshit, right? And is bullshitty, and Nardwar is Nardwar. He's one of a kind. It's Nardwar?
0: Nardwar, the human serviette. Serviette. Okay. And what's the origin of this? Nardwar is like a dumb, stupid name, like Sting. Mm. And human is from the band The Cramps. Their song, Human Fly. And in the United States of America, you don't have serviettes. You have na. Napkins! So I'm Nardwar to Human Serviette.
7: My name is Megan Barnes, and I met Nardwar uh, when I was in grade one, and he was in grade three.
3: And I, I recall meeting him on the playground of our elementary school. What was he
6: like in elementary school?
3: Well, actually, one of my earliest memories was we had a public speaking contest. And if I recall correctly, I believe he won the public speaking contest. I think his speech was about his cat, and he won the contest. We have to give respect and and props to his late mother, Olga Ruskin, who in the 1950s was a journalist here in Toronto. I think she did the crime beat. She then became a high school teacher, and then she got involved in something called cable access television in the 1970s and 80s. This is Our Pioneers and Neighbors. I'm Olga
2: Ruskin. We're going on a walking tour of historic North Lonsdale today with North Shore author Roy Pallant. Roy, this isn't
5: the first time you've done it, is it?
3: That's for sure. She wasn't doing it to pull in a uh, big viewership and she wasn't getting paid. She was doing it because she loved to. And I think that really instilled something in him that's there to this day. I'm Leora Kornfeld, and I have known... Nardwar, the human serviette, since the late 1980s. Go back to the first interview he did when he was student council president in high school in 1985 or 1986, and he went around kind of like Max in the movie Rushmore, and he polled people on what band did they want to come to their high school to play at their dance, and people said they wanted Art Bergman and his band
7: Poisoned.
3: So somehow he got Art Bergman and his band Poisoned. And then you see him sitting around with the band after and doing an interview. And Art Bergman is extremely cool. He's about as, as cool as a rock guy gets. And then you see Nardwar and he is this teenager who... He isn't what you would call your your typical uh, high school class president.
0: Because I remember one day my friend told me he goes, "John, go and buy a Young Canadians record." Because if you mm-hmm. look in in the uh, EP, if you look in the inside of the cover, it says, "Thanks to Hillside Secondary School." So it kind of did. And so I, I bought the record, and then I and then I bought more, and then I and then I bought Poison EP, and then I circled Hillside Secondary School. I thought that was kind of neat. How did how can we thank Hillside Secondary School?
3: You watch him in that interview, and he has so much self confidence, so much style. I mean people call it swagger now.
0: Is this what happens when people try and screw the bands bands around these days like this? And then tonight <laughs> Yes touchy <laughs> yeah. touchy. Yes. And then, then the guy then the guy the head comes head. tonight and he goes he goes did, did you get the ban? Did you get banned? to play four forty-five minute sets or three one-hour sets. They should have done this. They should have started on time. Should have done this. Oh,
3: uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he knows exactly who he is. He's not trying to be cool. He's not trying to do a rock interview. He's just being himself.
5: when he went to UBC and joined CITR, I think that was just a huge shift.
2: I started to volunteer at the radio station and he was also volunteering at the radio station and he didn't have a show yet because the program director at the time was very skeptical that he'd be able to pull anything off. After Nardwart nagged him a million times, he finally get let him have a radio show but it was only one minute long. So he would come on um, Friday afternoons for one minute. Getting him in there for that minute is easy. Getting him out of there after that minute was not so easy. So the show eventually progressed to be five minutes and then 15 minutes. And I think it's still half an hour or maybe an hour. I'm Bill Baker. I'm a co-founder of Mint Records. And longtime friend and acquaintance of Nardware the Human Serviette.
3: Now, his radio show early on, like, yeah, there was, like, punk and garage stuff and all that, but there was also a lot of conspiracy
7: theory stuff.
0: How about the pictures of the moon? where there's curves in the moon? How did they achieve that if they faked the moon landing bill casing?
7: Oh, well, when I was in Frankfurt, Germany recently, I saw about a six foot diameter moon, uh, a model, and it was absolutely perfect. So all the NASA people had to do was create a model of the moon and they could shoot any curvature they wanted.
3: One interview that really caught my ear is he had one of the guys from Depeche Mode on. They were probably one of the biggest bands in the world at that time, in the late 1980s. And I remember he asked him, he said, Alan from Depeche Mode, how many people have died at a Depeche Mode concert? And again, I thought, what an unusual question. I don't know if it's a good question, I don't know if it's a great question, and I don't even know if that matters. I really honestly believe he's created a new form of journalism.
2: He's so disarming, at least with a lot of people, like, you know, you have Beck, or these people early on who never heard of him, right? And they just get this interviewer with this, you know, to them, strange voice, strange name, and uh, sometimes hyper-research questions or, or like, a bit off-putting questions, and they didn't know what to make of him. Why should
0: people care about you?
7: I have no idea. You know, I... <laughs> Beck,
0: speak up, voice of a generation. Speak up, why should people care about you? It certainly isn't and I
7: have no reason. Well
0: hope hopefully they're not, according to you caring about your hair, um your song Why Don't You Kill Me and a coffin oh, and a squeegee man, just in your making, video. You just,
3: you know, just uh, off. Also at that time we were getting the Nardwar showing up at these press conferences with Gerald Ford, with Gorbachev, with people like that. Go ahead. Okay, Narghor from CTR Radio. First off,
0: Durshne Rockin', Uslabodni Svet. What's your question? <laughs> that was keep on rocking in the free world in Russia. Uh-huh. And I was also wondering of all the political figures that Dr. Gorbachev has encountered, who
3: has the largest pants?
6: Thank you very much. We'd like to call up now the. Durshne
3: Rockin'. A lot of this has to do with the fact that this was early VHS camera days, so it was just that right moment. You know, a few years earlier, that affordable technology wasn't there.
7: My name is John Collins, and I am a friend of Nardwar uh, and a bandmate. But he'd do these, you know, interviews, and basically there was no internet, so he couldn't do some pumping it out to anybody on the internet, and it would occasionally get shown on. Um, a local TV station, in you know, public access, which was a great show, but limited audience.
6: You know, it, it's, it's funny. Somebody told me this. It's kind of great. It's almost like your opinion of Nardwar is a, a litmus test as to what kind of person you are.
5: <laughs> I find as I watch artists' interviews with Nardwar it tells me so much about the artists that I end up either liking them more or liking them less. Nardwar did a very short interview with Destiny's Child back when we were at Much Music. They were backstage, like, walking on stage, and Kelly speaking to them. And you can tell she doesn't really have time, but she's smiling, she's laughing, she's having fun. And they jump on a golf cart to go on stage, and you hear her going, doo-doo! Right, she's she's in it. Bye! doo doo Doo-doo!
2: Alice Cooper comes to mind as one that was not good because he was told specifically don't ask Alice Cooper about golfing.
0: So, Alice, do you still keep in touch with your old golfing buddies Peter Falk and Mike Douglas at all? Hello, Alice. Hello, Alice. Hello, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper?
7: would sort of pop up and then just not be quite the right fit for him like basically nothing was going to be the right fit for him it was so frustrating you could tell people wanted to work with him and he just wouldn't see how it could work you know like the much music thing was always a dream but always a dream that seemed like it was never going to happen because he would never be able to cope with even one minute compromise, you know, or suggestion or right? that it would just have to be his way or the highway. So it was going to be the highway. And then, and then at some point it just clicked and he was just, he was doing it and he was not having a, an issue with anything that he couldn't overcome.
5: I'm Jennifer Hollett and I am a fan and friend and previous colleague of Nardwar's. A big part of Nardwar's rise as an interviewer actually was much music.
6: My name is David Kines. I'm the president and co-founder of Hollywood Suite. I think when Nardwar started appearing on MuchMusic, I was the vice president of all the music channels.
1: He just kind of showed up on air one day. I am Chris Nelson. I was Dr. Watson to Nardwar's homes for about eight years when we were working together at Much Music in Vancouver. I shot the interviews... In as much as Nardwar allows anybody to produce anything, I produce the interviews. Now, I had been aware of Nardwar since 1993, 94. I had been a producer on a, a TV show called Utopia Cafe on CBC, and I had tried to persuade the executive producer to include a segment with Nardwar. And uh, he said, and I quote, he is an irritating weirdo who will never be on this program. When I had the opportunity to work for Much Music in Vancouver, one of my first calls was to Nardwar, and he refused to work with me or for Much Music. He had had a stroke. He was feeling like he didn't want to come back. But in the same fashion that Nardwar relentlessly pursues people, to the extent that some of them said, if I agree to interview you, will you stop pursuing me? I did the same thing, and the carrot I dangled in front of him that eventually got him out of bed and willing to do this was an interview with James Brown. So the day of the interview arrives, Nardwar shows up. He's brought along a friend of his whose name eludes me, but he was a rabid James Brown fan, and that person had brought some incredibly rare James Brown memorabilia. This guy was obviously reluctant to part with it, Uh, I think a condition of us getting to use it was he had to come with us because he wouldn't let Nardwar take it on its own. And uh, we arrived and they're like, Mr. James Brown was not aware that he had an interview scheduled today. They took us to this tiny room at the bottom of the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And we were there for three and a half hours, stuck in this airless windowless room and occasionally security guards would come in and go what are you here for please and we've been like we're here to interview james brown and they'd all have like more well, like like a yeah right and they'd leave again and then finally after about three and a half hours this i can't describe him exactly but he was such a big person he needed like satellites in orbit around him in order to get cell service he was just huge and he had like this ironic nickname, like Tiny or something like that. And he was like, Mr. James Brown was not aware that he was doing an interview today. He will not be able to see you, so we will escort you from the premises. And Nardwar, thinking very quickly, snatches all of the memorabilia that he had uh, borrowed slash now stolen from his buddy out of his friend's arms and pushed them into Tiny and said, show this to James Brown and let him know that we're serious about talking to him. And Tiny's just looking at this stuff and he's just like... Well, I don't know. And he just walks out with it. Uh, but as it so happens, another guy comes to seco- like escort us out and tiny blocks our entrance. And he goes, Mr. James Brown, will see you now. He wants to know where you got all that fine stuff. So we walked out. He's out on the stage of the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And he's just out there. Rehearsing with his backup group, and he calls Nardwuar over.
0: How you feel? I'm feeling great, Mr. Brown. Well, I know that Mr. Brown is real great, but I think he might have better call me James Brown with his kids. You know, <laughs> you want to hear me <laughs> what my name is? <laughs> he told me to address you, Mr. Brown. Well, that's uh, in business transactions, but this is I'm an artist person and we recorded a
1: 45-minute interview with him. I had to switch tapes three times. He just talked and talked
0: and talked, and the two of them just got along great. Uh, Gene Harlow was the... What was, what was the name of that picture, Gene Harlow? Too long for you, huh? Okay. But anyway, Gene Harlow made a move in uh, You really quiz your, your people, <laughs> Mr. James Brown. <laughs> no, I, I have a lot of fun with him because, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to see younger people, and you try to make them remember things like that. When you think of James Brown... On a show with the Beast Boys, Chuck Berry, the Barbarians, Marvin Gaye. If our parents remember them, the drummer only had one arm. I remember very well. They were fantastic people. I don't know how you remember them. I
1: have an amazing photo of the two of us, like James Brown, like this, like his arms up like a savior, with us on either side, and we just got big shit-eating grins on our faces because we can't believe this happened. And Tiny's walking us out. He goes, the last time anyone spoke to James Brown for that long, was Mike Wallace in the 80s. So congratulations.
6: I just kind of kept trying to find as many ways as I could to, to get Nardware on the air and, and much music. My name is Steve Pratt. I'm uh, with a podcasting company called Pacific Content. I first met Nardwar through Chris Nelson, who started doing these things on Much West with Nardwar. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Who is this guy? There were a lot of labels and, and a lot of PR companies that did not want Nardwar interviewing their musicians for for quite a while. And he set up almost all his own interviews. But it was – you know for a period, it was trying to say like, can we make Nardwar like a centerpiece interviewer for much music? And I think there's a lot of fear of the unknown if you're in PR and trying to manage big, big artists and he does pull out stuff that nobody knows about them. And he's doing things that are going to get unusual reactions. Like it is not a, it is not an interview that ever generates canned responses.
4: It was always really funny when we would get the tape sent to us at Much Music, um, and we were like, "Oh shit, something went wrong." We want, let's watch this. <laughs> My name is George Strombolopoulos, and uh, Nardwar and I uh, used to work at Much Music together. Peter Murphy from Bauhaus was one of those artists who just didn't get it, and we watched the tape back and just thought hope because you know and as you've done it I, you know when you do interviews for a living the fucking discomfort is so real when it's not working and we, that Peter Murphy one to me was so fucking funny because Peter did not get it you know you got Nusferatu standing next to Nardwar and it was not it just wasn't landing
0: Shula Pardon? Shula
7: no, that, I think that's Hebrew, isn't it?
0: Oh, no, I was trying to say hi in Turkish.
7: No, that's not hi.
0: But you do live in Turkey, though, right? Very bad
7: Turkish, gentleman.
6: I, You know, I haven't said this yet, but I think his punk rock sensibility plays really well into being that style of interview also is because he, he's going after what he wants and he doesn't give a shit about pissing people off.
7: You know, I think it was gratifying for everyone to see that finally start to catch on. Then it got weird. You know, within probably five years, he was so famous in Canada that people would just yell, do, do that at him everywhere.
3: I know that it was his idea to have his own theme music, which they never did for anybody. They People thought, no, you're not getting your own theme music. He did it anyways. Could I come and just sing that for a while? And so he did, and that was pretty much that. Nine march. Nine march. Nine march. Now it's That theme on YouTube heard 200 million times. I'm just a regular middle-aged lady now. (laughs) um, So I think it came up, you know, after I'd been
7: working with someone for a couple of years. And I mean, the looks on their faces was just like, what?
3: That's you?
6: The first Snoop Dogg one felt like just this turning point. I was there for all of the Snoop interviews.
1: The first one was on the set of a movie called Bones.
6: Snoop was dressed as a pimp. You could see that piece of the skepticism with Snoop in the first interview. And then the lights went on in the interview and he kept giving him all these crazy gifts.
0: What do you think of this doll here? It's the Dennis Rodman one that they've come out with. Oh, this this is
2: the Dennis Rodman doll. I don't even know what to say.
1: (laughs) Nardwar borrowed... A red fox doll from a friend. This friend didn't come with us, I might add. And Snoop attempted to steal the
2: red fox doll. I like red fox. This doll. Where you get this from?
0: A flea market. A friend found it at a flea market for eight dollars. Can I have it? How can I buy it? I, I think sixteen. I not sure. I got twenty-four. I'm not sure. Thirty-two. I'm not sure. $40, man. I'm $40 not sure. $40, I'm, $40 I'm, it, I, I can man. Well, I'm taking it. <laughs> no, Snoop, please don't. My friend will kill me for that.
6: By the end of it, Snoop was just like, this is the best experience. And he had this, you could just tell he had this warm love for Nardwar as two people that you would never have thought would have connected like that in such a short period of time that has turned into this ongoing series of interviews and friendships and relationships with them.
0: Snoop Doggy Dog, here we are at the end of the interview and you're walking away with my stuff again.
6: I mean, it's like taking candy from a baby. You're such a nice guy.
0: Getting that Noah Ward, Snoop Dogg, rolling the blunt on your show. Oh, yeah. In record time. Snoop, we've been doing interviews for 15 years now. Man, we may need to go on a date or something, man, or do something special, man, for our celebration of our 15 years of being together. Nothing you want to tell the people out there at all. Wherever you get your outfits from,
2: it has to be the best store in Canada. I love your shirts, your pants, your hats, your, your whole get down. This.
0: Snoop, this is our 10th interview in 19 years. Mm, we got to catch up. We 09. Well, actually, you FaceTime me looking for some OJ stuff.
1: Yeah, some OG shit. You know, you keep it though. I know you got something for me. You got to have a grab bag for me. You usually do. Snoop understood what nardwar was going for happy to play along and happy to play along several times over like as much looked forward to those interviews as i suspect
6: nardwar did and the hip-hop community has just totally embraced him and i love it who
0: are you kendrick lamar who are you drake who are you my name is chuck d who are you megan the motherfucking stallion who are you my name is Questlove of the roots
5: who are you i'm africa bambada who are you I'm Lil Nas X. First off, who are you?
7: <laughs> you
5: are Cardi B? Oh, yeah, I'm Cardi B, yeah.
7: Obviously, the odd future interview he did it was like 10 minutes long, but it's so entertaining.
0: This nigga tight, nigga got money and bitches. Look at this
6: nigga's shirt, nigga.
7: Bow. It really did help them, and it made everybody who was in their position realize that R. and he's a touchstone, you know? like he, He's like, good luck, Charm, if you can get it. You can actually meet
6: Nardwar. It is a thing now to be, you know, to have your Nardwar interview. I think it's like, are you big enough to have your Nardwar interview now? Which is like, if you could have ever known what it was like in the early days to think like that, that's, it's the best. It's the best. It makes me so happy to see him at this level
3: doing his thing, and I hope he just keeps <laughs> keeps growing and, and making it bigger. He's got a lot of negative charisma. It makes people remember you, and it makes people understand that. You are so apart from the crowd, and this is what Pharrell really appreciated about him.
2: This is this is this is one of the most impressive interviews I've ever experienced in my life. Seriously.
3: Oh, well, thank
0: you so much. It's great to be able to talk to you guys.
2: This is this is insane, man.
0: Do you see this? What? How do you, Who comes to an interview and hands you, you know, uh, you know, skateboarding Vancouver style? Mork from Ork, uh, Mork from Ork, Mork and Mindy Doll, Music of the Cosmos, and a rumshaker record. Oh, mean hard the human serviette, interviewing N-E-R? D. Stands for damn.
3: For Pharrell, he, that stayed with him for several years because I'm not sure if you know that a few years after that, YouTube was doing, um, what did they call them? custom channels or premium channels, and they contacted a bunch of people, and YouTube gave a bunch of funding to Jay-Z and Pharrell and a bunch of other people. And Pharrell approached Nardwar at that time. I mean, I have personally been on a conference call with Pharrell, Pharrell's people, and Nardwar about that pitch. It was bizarre, and i got to tell you that Nardwar was not... He wasn't keen on it, because what's most important to him is is his vision, um, doing things in ways that allow him to have that creative control and to keep his vision intact. So the idea of partnering with somebody else, was that was a hard thing for him to say yes to. But Pharrell, again, Pharrell got on the phone with him too. Props to Pharrell. And as a producer, he understands that. He just said, you do what you do, and I'm going to tell my people three words, whatever it takes. That was the beginning of the world, knowing who Nardwar was. It was that point in time where he, he threw his stuff on YouTube a couple years previous, didn't really have any plans for it. He just put it out there because he believes in open platforms. And it took four years to get the first seven million views. And then it took four months to get the next seven million views.
1: It's because of Pharrell that Nardwar ended up interviewing Jay-Z, as a matter of fact
6: we got word that Jay-Z wanted to talk to Nardwar.
0: I then got in my car, drove six hours to the Pemberton Music Festival, and the first thing Jay-Z said to me was that Pharrell had been calling him all day, asking him to do an interview with me. Amazing.
1: I didn't really understand it at first. It was like, you calling me to do an interview with (laughs)
2: him. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, he, he
1: just said your knowledge really? is, is extensive and he knows that I appreciate people that no matter what 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 you do, whether, whether you paint, you paint uh, art or you make records or you do interviews or you're a writer. If you are truly good at your craft and you're good, he he knows I'm excited about that type of shit. So he really, he wanted me to meet
6: you. So you don't know too many interviewers that people request to talk to And Nardware was one of those. I was in South by Southwest and saw him there and we were talking and all these people at South by Southwest were coming up to him and they all knew who he was. And it was remarkable, right? And you think like, oh man, it was hard. It was hard trying to get people to appreciate all the magic that he has uh, when we are when we were much. And then to go to South by and see all these people just who all know who he is and talking to him on the street and taking selfies with him. I don't know. It, it makes me he's so happy.
3: In 2019, he got over 50 million views on his YouTube channel. He's got 1.3 million subscribers. He is, in that world of YouTube, a completely from-the-ground-up phenomenon. He
2: hasn't had a job that I know of in, since I've known
3: him. He's got to be one of the world's most under-monetized brands. I mean, I looked around here at Canada Land. I mean, you guys have a proper crew. You've got proper offices. You've got studios. He doesn't have any of that stuff.
6: You know, I hope he's okay with me saying this, but you know I've gone back to him a couple times since the podcasting universe has blown up and said, like, would you like to put together a pitch to actually go to somebody big, in, you know, like an international place to, to do a new show with some big guests? Like You're kind of at this stage now where you could do this and there'd, there'd be a lot of opportunity to be next level with this stuff. And he's like, well, I'm pretty busy with the CITR show.
5: Sometimes I forget how big he is until I, I mention him casually, and someone goes, "What? You know Nard? Like, you know Nard? Are you his audience right now? They know him through the big name interviews on YouTube, right? Nardwar could be Lily Singh, but that's not him. And some people might look at that and be like, "What a shame! He could be a multimillionaire." And then other people look at it and say, "Wow, you're you're the." Last one left in the world, you are so pure, we need to protect this.
4: Hey, so that was one of my favorite recent episodes of Canada Land and uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. It's never been easier to support us and get ad-free versions of our shows. Just click on the link in the podcast notes we get an ad-free feed of Canada Land right into your podcatcher, five bucks Canadian a month, or go to CanadaLandShow.com slash join. You can email me at jesse at I read everything that you send. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Our website is CanadaLandShow.com. That's where we post news articles. This episode was produced by Kevin Sexton. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt. Syndication is by CFUV, 101.9 FM in Victoria visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like Canada Land, please support it.